TNA producer Bella here. If you'd like to reach out to the show, you can reach us via email at tensandaces21 at gmail.com. That's tensandaces, the number 21 at gmail.com. We also have a Facebook page, simply called The Tens and Aces Podcast, if you're still on Facebook anyway. Or you can catch us on the web by going to anchor.fm slash TA21. One of these losers in Las Vegas who keeps thinking he's going to come up with a way to win at Blackjack. Are you ready for some TNA? Welcome to TNA, the Tens and Aces podcast. A podcast with true-to-life stories and experiences from advantaged players in the game of Blackjack. From pros crushing it and making a living counting cards, to newer players who are just making their way through all the ups and downs of what can be, at times, both an equally frustrating and beautiful game of AP Blackjack. Is this the kind of thing you want to hear? Well, listen up, because we're about to give you some TNA. Here's your host, Mike AP. And welcome to the show today. As the man just said, I'm your host of this transmission of our experiment in imaginary radio that we like to call TNA, the Tens and Aces podcast. So if this is the kind of thing you want to hear, well, listen up, because we're about to give you some TNA. With me today is Blackjack player Chris. I posted a thread on Reddit asking for people with interesting stories relating to Blackjack, and Chris has some. He's going to share them later. While we were talking, he brought up an interesting subject about how many podcasts do not cover the early stages of a Blackjack career, kind of gloss over it. And I agree with him. And uh, so we're going to go into that first. So what are your thoughts on that subject? Well, thanks for having me on the show, man. I appreciate it. Oh, I didn't Um, let you talk yet. Sorry. What an asshole! I'm not worried about that. Yeah, no, a lot of podcasts really kind of ask like for instance the the bja podcast which i love listening to uh, but they always kind of ask how did you get trained and like where'd you start and then within a few minutes they're talking about betting you know big money and making or or losing a bunch of money mm-hmm. and kind of the exciting parts of blackjack but they never talk about how long did you grind and, and have to learn and, and the learning curve that goes into into blackjack mm-hmm. so Um, I know for myself, I spent probably nine months alone in my basement learning how to count cards. And just that in itself is daunting to some, Mm -hmm. I guess. Just by yourself or do you have someone dealing to you? Sorry to interrupt you. No, that's okay. I Mostly by myself. I, I asked my wife to deal a couple of times to me. But then as you're learning, she doesn't know how the casino deals cards. Mm-hmm. So not only am I trying to learn and, and do my own thing, I'm also trying to watch her for procedure because I'm like, oh, that's not how they would do it. You know, you got to do this or you got to check under the ace for blackjack or mm-hmm. whatever the case. So it, that, that was really difficult. So instead, I just I practiced on my own. I got a, a six deck shoe. I went and got a bunch of cards. I, I practiced you know, on, on my coffee table in my basement. Do you find that practicing with action, with, like you said, you have the shoe and you're trying to make it the most casino-like environment possible in your basement. Do you find that practicing with actual cards made you learn better than if you were using like an app? Um, I liked it better, mostly because it also gave me something to do. Like I'm actually dealing the cards, right? Um, 
so I, I liked it a little bit better. I did download an app as well that would let you practice your basic strategy with a couple of different rule sets. And you could play like a thousand rounds an hour on this app, right? But so that, that was good too. But yeah, I prefer the cards. Um, Me too. La- later on in, in the training, I, I even started looking on YouTube for casino background noise. And I would play it on the TV just blaring loud as if you were sitting in a casino, right? Right. I found that helpful too. Because then you show up and it's not as loud in the casinos what you're expecting. Maybe mm-hmm. the machines aren't quite as close to the tables or whatever the case. And all of a sudden it's easier when you got there. What if somebody had walked in the room? <laughs> and oh. like, what is going on here? <laughs> well, thankfully, it probably just would have been the wife. She would have looked at me funny and walked out. But <laughs> I, uh, I, I jokingly, half jokingly suggest sometimes people put something really distracting on like like porn. Oh, and just, try, and just, just ignore it. <laughs> yeah, the um, the other one I found was tough was uh, like children's learning how to count videos. Let's get started with some counting. Oh, like Sesame Street. I got that off of another podcast. It might be your podcast, actually. I think you're right. That that um, <laughs> that's quite a switch there from the my suggestion. <laughs> hey, they're they're both equally distracting. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, right, right, right. But okay, yeah, so I, I found that really good. It get somebody else counting out loud while you're trying to keep track of the count. That was that was tough. Yeah. Do you find it annoying? I do. When dealers, especially if you're playing a game where you know it's a pitch pitch game where they can't see your cards, they'll they'll go 12, 13, <laughs> 16. and it's based on what they have in front of them, and you're you're counting. Not only are you counting your hand, you're counting the cards. Right. So you yeah. got numbers running through your head, and they're throwing out these irrelevant numbers that mean nothing to you. Well, I mean that that is why we practice, right? That um, right. I, I don't that, that part doesn't bother me too bad. Um, what gets to me now is when other players are sitting next to you and they want to talk. Oh yeah, and they're like, you know, if I would have hit that side bet, I'd have had fifty bucks here, and this guy shouldn't have hit his thirteen, and he got a twelve instead. It, like it just go, kind of goes on and on, and I find that really distracting. Yeah, I usually tell them, hey man, the hindsight tables over there. Ooh, that's a good one. That's going in my pocket. Hindsight blackjack. That's a good one. <laughs> that usually gets a laugh too, at least yeah. a chuckle, yeah, or they just flat out ignore you. Old lady too sits down next to me and is like, "My grandson Billy is seven today," and I'm like, "What are you doing here?" Like, and she's sweet, and you yeah. really don't want to ignore her. But yeah, yeah. Right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Or it never fails. They want to play your side bet or something, which I usually let them do. And it never fails. They'll if they win, they'll give me a chip, right? Five bucks or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't want you to leave because that's like free EV. You're just you're paying me to be here, which is awesome. But you're annoying. <laughs> and and all that negotiative uh, of paying for side bets and all that stuff slows the game down. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Have you played around with tools that calculate EV, like pro bidding software or? Um... CVCX and have you played around with rounds per hour and deck penetration? Oh yeah, yeah. I I got CVCX. It's dr- yeah. Um, so you know immediately. You know it's dramatic. Just rounds oh, per hour how it affects your EV. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, that's actually something else that I I kind of dislike about the way a lot of players analyze their game is they 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 do it by like the standard is always a hundred rounds per hour, right? That's kind of like the default. Mm-hmm. But I think that's a terrible way to measure EV. I think you should measure it per round. So 
if you're if you're gonna spread where you're playing for a hundred dollars an hour at a hundred rounds an hour, your EV should be a dollar a round, mm-hmm. right? So if you can keep track of the, your number of rounds, then it doesn't matter if the table's slow or the table's fast. I mean, obviously you want the table to be fast, but if it's not, you can get an accurate picture of how much EV you generated as opposed to just taking the hundred rounds per hour as a given. Yeah, overestimating EV is a bad thing to do too. Yeah. Which so, your your approach would help prevent that. I I try. And so I keep track of the rounds that I play as I play them, which mm-hmm. is kind of tricky, but you know, it's to my best estimate. Yeah, somebody um, else I interviewed recently that I haven't put the podcast out yet does the same thing. So Yeah. And he no, I, he's one of the top pros. So uh you're you're wow. in good company. Wow, I'm glad to hear that. Um I know like BJA members do everything by pretty much 100 rounds an hour and you know hours in the casino and which is fine but i don't think it's the most accurate it's that's a rule of thumb and rule of thumbs are just averages and the, the thing is do you want to perfect your game or do you want to just guesstimate you know right yeah i, I and i want the most accurate information i can get pretty much all the time too like not just in blackjack right um, yeah so i yeah <laughs> So what would you like to share about early in careers, what you've learned? How many hours do you have so far? I forgot if you said. Uh, a little over 300. So what have you learned in your first three, first 300 hours that you want to share that you think might be beneficial for somebody maybe that's 30 hours in or whatever or well, 100? Okay, it's, that's kind of a broad topic. So I'll start with this. Yeah. You don't necessarily need a membership to a website to learn how to do this. I'm not in any way affiliated with BJA. I've never been a member. I've never been on their forums. Um, I've met some of their members and they're great, but it's not necessary. You can learn this all for free online. Agreed. Okay. However, I will say one thing. I learned without any membership. So I totally agree you can't expect and that. I learned before there was all the YouTube did not exist. And, right. You know, and just basically you read books and there were forum posts that you could get stuff from. Yeah, but the thing that BGA is best about is networking. That's what it's best for, and yes. having a network is huge, especially when your bankroll goes up and you start playing games that might catch more attention and bet spreads that might catch more attention. Yes, um, knowing tolerances at shops, cash out shifts to look out for, people to share chips with, so you don't have you can just buy chips, not buy in for cash or right. sell chips if you're leaving a market. Camaraderie if you're on the road. Yeah, you that have, was a big one. That's a huge one. Anyway, I mean, to interrupt you, but no, I no, you're, you're absolutely that's right. The, that's the value. Absolutely, the the network is is necessary for this line of work, um, but you don't necessarily have to pay to get your network. I agree with that, but like I try to stay away from Discord because it's just a cesspool of like you're a quality person, but you're or if you're on Discord, you're one of the rare ones that aren't talking about hookers and other other stuff. You know, yeah, no, I, that's funny. I am on that Discord, um, which is also ironic. I got that uh, Discord link through um, Gambling with an Edge. Oh, yeah, Ramos, right, right, yeah. right. Yeah, um, but yeah, so you don't have to pay for a, a membership to learn how to do this. You can do this for free. It's just it is a lot of work and you have to be willing to, to put in that work, obviously. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, beyond that, um, start starting out, like you can't start out with, you know, a thousand bucks. I mean, you could, I guess, technically. You could get very lucky and run really hot 
for 50, 60 hours and have a bunch of, you know, have a big bankroll. However, you're going to need some money. You're going to need to start at least five to $10,000. Yeah. And that's going to depend on whatever your market you're, you're playing at with their table minimums are. Some markets, 50 or 100 is the norm. Some markets, five or 10 is the norm. So yeah, that, that, would definitely, that would definitely determine what your bankroll needs to be. General rule of thumb for a low risk of ruin is a thousand times table minimum. But when you're first starting out, people often have to be willing to assume a bigger risk than somebody yep. who's more established would, because you know most pros keep it under one percent, which is where the one thousand times never comes from. Oh yeah, no, I, I for sure have uh, started with a higher risk than that. I, I myself started with about five thousand on my own. Um, Longing. Uh, yeah, I tried to. My so my local is, um, it's kind of hard to describe. I only have basically two options for casinos where i'm from mm-hmm. and i'm not i'm not american either um i think a lot of people i just assume that i'm from the u.s but i'm not and so my market is very different um anyways the, the two options that i have locally are both run by the same uh entity let's call it mm-hmm. so you've only got those two options and they're the games are not they're not great but they're not the worst I've ever heard of, um, and they're always full. And ever ever since COVID happened, they you know they reduced tables and fewer dealers and put in all that stadium gaming and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so to get table time is very difficult as well. So if you're starting out, you know, in and around the COVID times, you're you might have a hard time getting a seat. Definitely, especially when they went down to like I know casinos that went down to like two players per table, right? And there was all that plastic up and masks. It's hard to communicate, so that slowed the game down. Yep. And, you know. Yeah, that's exactly. We, um, our casino shut down entirely for a good while. And then when they reopened, they went from having about 30 different tables, not just blackjack, but 30 different tables. They've got now maybe there's three blackjack tables, we'll say. Right. And and they're all different minimums. I, our lowest minimum is $10 where I'm from. Um, and they go up from there, 10 15 and $25 minimums. And so the $10 table, if you don't have a lot of money, if you don't have a ten dollars or $15,000 bankroll, it, it's a crowded table every time. Mm-hmm. But isn't the $25 table equivalent to like six American? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, no it, it's not a good, uh, it's not a good uh, exchange rate, but it's not quite that bad either. Yeah, I think it's like 70. I think I know what I can hear in your voice what country you're from. <laughs> Do you like hockey? Uh, we've been known to like hockey. Yeah. <laughs> My son lives in Vancouver. Oh, okay. So yeah, uh, we're, uh, yeah. Come up north and your money will go farther. <laughs> yeah. Good. Great for us. Not so great for you guys, but anyway. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, th- the same thing rings true though. If you, if you don't have the bankroll to start with, you're going to have a hard time. And I think people really gloss over that when they say, oh yeah, we, we started playing with, you know, uh, two or three thousand dollars and yeah they got really lucky and now they're you know six figure winners seven figure winners whatever the case may be mm-hmm. yeah just it, it just doesn't always work out that way say um, someone like yoshi for example yeah that's kind of where i was thinking of i he started with three if i'm not mistaken yeah something like that or just yeah. seven four eight people like that um but those you, you make a good point because those people are the aberrations they're not they're not the norms for sure right right um, like I said, my first about hundred hours, I actually lost half my bankroll. I, I started with five grand. I lost about 2,500. Um, and then I had to hit pause for a long time, probably, uh, let's see here, six months or so. I just, I didn't play. I had to save up and try again. Just rebuild that bankroll. Yeah. 
pretty much. And then, you know, I, I don't recommend it, but I, I took about a thousand dollars off a line of credit just to, uh, get started. Oh boy. Yeah. I will say it, it panned out. I, I got it all back and then some, so everything's paid now, but it, it's definitely risky. Yeah. Sometimes you have to take a shot, you know, that's, pretty much that's life. And then, um, after, after that, I started looking for, you know, podcasts to listen to. And I started questioning, like, I think everybody does of whether or not this actually works. Mm-hmm. You know, every time you go, you you lose four or $500 or $600 or whatever, and you, nothing's growing and you're in say 150 hours and you're kind of like, no, this, this is BS, right? This doesn't work. Yeah. And then you're, you're, you get like several shoes with a dealer just constantly making hands you have 20, they pull five card 21s constantly. And All it just, the time. it just feels like it's rigged. Um, yes. it's recency bias, of course, but you know, our brains are designed to see patterns and yeah, it, it and, happens and it, over. And then you're like, what am I doing? Especially if you have a, a loved one that's concerned, you yeah. know, you may have that in your ear too. Yeah. I, I'm very fortunate. My wife un- actually understands what's going on. Um, and if she doesn't, she, she fakes it very well. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, she says all the right things and she lets me go. So we're okay that way. But um, yeah, I know it, it can be really tough. And, and you start, like you said, the dealer's constantly making a hand and you're thinking there's no way that this works. And so I started looking for podcasts to listen to and an overwhelming amount of people are saying, no, no, it works because I'm you know making X number of dollars a month or X number of dollars a year. And I don't know, it kind of gives you hope. Right. And it's hopefully nice not. It works. I, I agree with you. Sometimes I worry that my show and other shows give false hope to people because like we were talking before we went, we started recording. There's a, a true thing, not just in blackjack, but in life, like a survivor bias. Basically the people who are successful are the ones who are going to talk. The people that started That's with right. five grand, lost their ass, quit. They're never going to go on a podcast. So right. to the and- people listening, all they're going to hear is the successful stories. Same could be said with, you know, athletes or movie stars that made it and absolutely they don't realize how hard the journey getting there can be. Well, that's right. Yeah. You only see the end result and it's success. And yeah, yeah I, I think it's really important to know, like, like I said, my first hundred, maybe hundred and change hours were, uh, you know, break even at best. Had, did so, you have any long losing streaks, uh, um, since you turned it around? I can't say that they were long losing streaks in, um, a- after that time I stopped playing for a few months. I went back and I practiced more and more and more. And I kept listening to shows, hearing people say, no, it does work. You just got to keep going. So I saved up some money. And in the meantime, I got in contact with a couple of people that are doing the same thing we're doing. I told them that I was going to be traveling to a certain location. And they said, you know what? I'm nearby. Let's meet and talk. (laughs) Yeah. So I was traveling to a new area and they said, we're we're in the neighborhood. Uh, Let's meet. We'll talk, whatever. And so I did. And that was my first time networking with somebody. And from that meeting, they basically said, well, why don't you play for us? He tested me out in the hotel room and was like, yeah, why don't why don't you play for us? So I made a few trips for them. And my worst experience ever was one of my trips on like the second day. I lost my ass. I lost everything that they gave me. They had to come and meet me to give me more. And I lost most of that, too. (laughs) 
It, yeah. in, in one day, I lost 14000 and change. That's a frustrating story. I, I, I can hear that. Yeah. But the fact that you lost your ass and they came and gave you more after you lost a bunch of their money, th- yeah. that kind of reinforces that, A, they believe in the math, and B, they believe that you have the skills to succeed. Absolutely. These guys were far more successful than I am so far. Um, and I was terrified, right? Like, so I lose, they give me, I believe 10,000 and I burn through that in the first day. So they meet me and they give me 10 more and I burn through about half of that. Right. So I'm in for, let's say 15,000 and I'm like, I'm apologizing to them and I'm terrified, right? These guys are going to think I'm stealing from them or whatever. And without hesitation, he gives me 10,000. He goes, Nope, get back to work, go at it. And then where did it go from there? Uh, by the end of that trip, I got the 15,000 that I lost. I got that back plus 10,000 more. Nice. It it was, it was very nice. Um, that was at the peak by the very, by the last day of the trip, I had a small loss. So we ended up making, I think five, I think five, but still we, we ended up, we got all the money back and then some, so that was, that was pretty nice. The proof that this works is not hard to find. All you have to do is look around at all the casinos, look at Las Vegas, look at all these, depending on where it's state or, I guess in your case, province (laughs) you're in. Yeah. (laughs) Like in the Seattle area, there's tons and tons of casinos. Anyway, my point is look at, at all those bright, shiny lights. They keep opening them. They always make money, blah, blah, blah. Why? Because they rely on the mathematical edge. The that's same right. exact thing we're doing just flipped. Yep, that's right. And, and they got the law of large numbers on their size where they can play, you know, a thousand rounds mm-hmm. in, in a in a an hour or thousands of rounds, depending on how busy they are. We have to play them one at a time, you know. And that's why you're the team that you played for. They knew that. And that's why they, they said, we, we trust your game. We trust the math and keep plugging away. And they Absolutely. didn't hesitate one bit to give you more money because they knew in the long run, the law of large numbers and all that stuff would eventually come to your favor. Because, yep. you know, most pros have streaks where they're 200, 150, 300 hour plus losing streaks, which when I say losing streaks, I mean below all-time highs yeah um, you're talking times between all-time highs yes yeah some people can people some people don't newer people don't understand that they'll they'll yeah. i didn't say that for your benefit i said that for no other people. that's a great point as well because when i started i was terrified of having a prolonged losing streak because you, you hear of it and i'm thinking so that means people are just losing constantly money down the drain and that's not the case you might lose one session severely and then slowly grind it back up right. for 100 hours, but you're still mm-hmm. actually on a losing streak, even though you've been winning. Right. That I mean, it does sound, someone says, yeah, I had a 240-hour losing streak. So you're thinking, okay, so let's say two-hour sessions, you know, that's a lot of sessions to get hammered. Right, yeah. yeah. You know, or even 10-hour sessions. Right, but that's just that's just not the way it is. Yeah, it is not. So I was just, I figured you knew that, but some people may not know that if they're newer. Right. Yeah. So I think that's that's important too. Is is define your what a losing streak actually is. Is the time between all time highs. Right. So yeah. So far, like I said, my worst one has been about 150 hours of break even play, and then ultimately losing about half my bankroll is about 2,500 bucks at the time. So 150 hours out of your 300 and how many hours total now? Uh, I don't have an exact number for you. About 300. Um, okay, so fifty percent ish of the yeah, time break you, you you're break even or below. Yeah, and you're still a winning player. Absolutely. 
Oh, I got to do a little bit of quick math here. Since then, I'm going to say that I've made probably 20000 Not a bad little fun hobby. No, absolutely. I, I actually bought a motorcycle with uh, some of my profits, so... <laughs> Just yeah, right on, for man. me, yeah. Right on. I'm sure you buy the wife some nice gifts too, right? Oh, occasionally, yeah. She gets a, an item or two. Or, or a spa day or something cool like that. Exactly. Go get your nails done or whatever, yeah. That's cool. So is there anything on that topic you wanted to touch before we move on? On getting started? Yeah. Anything, any other tidbits or suggestions that you learned since you're... You're in a good spot to give this information because you're still fairly fresh where it's oh, yeah. pretty, pretty recent, but you're also experienced enough. You can still spout some wisdom. You're like the the 28-year-old guy giving the 21-year-old advice, you know? Yeah. Oh, no, for sure. I don't consider myself be a, a pro, at least not yet. I'm experienced, but I'm not a pro, if that makes sense. Well, if you're making money, you're a pro. Oh, right on. Look at that. I'm a professional. <laughs> How about that? Yeah, just patience, and and you gotta you gotta grind, and you gotta want it. Like I know for me, when I started, and I I started off not winning, and then ultimately actually losing, I went back to work, and I don't really like my job. If I'm being honest, I do it because it pays the bills. Gotcha. But I'm looking around, and I'm like, this sucks. Like I don't want to be here. I want to be. I want to have more freedom, you know, more financial freedom. Right. And so for me, that's what that's what blackjack is for me. And that's the reason I kept going. That was the reason I went and I took, you know, a small portion of a line of credit and tried again. Isn't it and, crazy when people have a normal nine to fives, even if they make good money at their job, but you go on a weekend and you make 20 grand and you're yeah. like, this is so much more than I bring on a month and I oh, make good money. Yeah. You know, it's, it's really, then you have to go to work Monday and it's like, what am I doing? Yeah. What a waste <laughs> of time. It just feels like you're wasting your time exactly um, yeah no that uh, other than that um i'm kind of spoiled in where i play in that even though there are only a couple of locals there um one of them will just let me play seemingly indefinitely there's just no heat here i make every play i split tens i will double a soft 20 with max bets i nobody seems to care mm-hmm so I don't know if I'm just getting really lucky in this one place or what's going on, but uh, I have I have a guess. <laughs> what's what's your guess? Different shops have different kinds of heat or no heat or okay, some shops are really paranoid all the time. They see a count move, they'll bounce you. Other shops, they know that a lot of good card counters still lose money, hoping that they'll lose in their shop had bad variants. So what they do is they have a lifetime they'll keep track of your lifetime win rate and once it gets to a certain point they'll kick you out uh yeah so here's the other point uh normally i would say you're right uh where i am that's not possible but they're not rating you or oh no they, they probably are they will not uh remove a player they will not kick out a player oh they can't yeah they're they're not allowed uh well so they will do is they'll countermeasure yes yeah they'll half shoe or they'll do they will do something to make you uncomfortable and essentially tell you you know there's the door but they can't formally kick you out so you just mm-hmm. wait a little while and turn around and go back and do it again <laughs> right um can they flap at you yes i believe they can they haven't done it to me yet but i believe that they can because there are a lot of shops that even in areas where they can 86 somebody that they just they just flat bet hopefully probably uh, he's, he's just gonna go away yeah prob- so. probably easier hoping he'll come back and maybe play something else 
Right. Right. In case like, he's not like, an not a whole card, not a whole card game. No, no, just I, play roulette, play craps, play yeah. slots or whatever. But I've I've uh, been at a table counting obvious. Well, if anybody paid attention, would know what I was doing and winning significant money. And some other guy, but I wasn't ranging my bet. It, I had a little bit of a cover spread mm-hmm. uh, that I won't get into here, but. <laughs> This other guy was a complete ploppy, and he was just going from like five bucks to, you know, 500 times two. Just on a whim, and they were, the the spread spooked them, so they backed him off, and he's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they couldn't handle the action. And they're stupid, they're backing themselves off. Jesus, that's awesome. (laughs) He was on like a sun run hot streak, so, you know, I guess. That'll do it. Yeah. All right, listeners, I think right now is a great time to take a quick break, and we will be right back. When we started Carvana, they told us that selling cars 100% online wouldn't work, but we went to work. Building an experience that lets you shop over 17,000 cars from home. Creating a coast-to-coast network to deliver your car as soon as tomorrow. Recruiting an army of customer advocates to make your experience incredible and putting you in control of the whole thing with powerful technology. That's why we've become the nation's fastest growing retailer. Because our customers love it. See for yourself at Carvana.com. Hold up a second. I think I need to add a little post-production comment here on this imaginary radio transmission. I am not a lawyer and I do not play one on this podcast. So with that having been said, now back to the show. So you, you had an interesting story. How about you share that with the listeners? Um, my interesting stories. Or fun it, or whatever it was. I don't, don't remember. I have like four of them that are all jumbled together. <laughs> so I'll cut. I'll quit interrupting. Go ahead. No, no, that's okay. I'm trying to think of my my best story. Um, honestly, I don't know if my best story comes from like time spent playing. It for me, it was meeting other people. The the networking portion. It's tough without help from say BJA, where they have a forum for that. They have networking for this. It's hard to do on your own because nobody knows you nobody knows if you're serious nobody it's hard to get people to meet and share information but when you do it's phenomenal absolutely so what what's your go-to move if you're out in the wild and you notice another ap and you want to network with them um how how do you approach that this is something that new people need to learn Ooh, uh, this actually happened to me. I was playing a table and this guy comes. Oh, oh my God. Here. Okay. I got a point for you. You're a new card counter. Don't wear a hat. Everybody thinks that you pull your hat down low, walk into the casino, you know, wearing a baseball cap. I think (laughs) this is a telltale. Like if you walk into a casino wearing a baseball cap, I'm looking at you funny. It's just weird. It just yeah. stands out to me as like, hey, I'm here to do something, and I don't want you to see my face. Decent-looking guy in his 20s. Uh, yeah, usually on a, on a, I, I, yeah, on a, on a Saturday night, all by himself. Right. No friends or, or or female companions around or, or whatever he's into. Yeah. Uh, alone, sitting there at 8 o'clock on a weekend night. Yeah, with his real quiet. sweatshirt and his cargo shorts with his hat on. Keeps glancing at the discard rack (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly so this guy sits down with me and he's got this ball cap on and immediately i'm looking at him but he doesn't put his money on the table right yet 
he waits until the shoe's over. And I'm watching him and I'm like, interesting, right? That's telltale sign number two, waiting for the fresh shoe. And so I'm looking at him and he's looking at me and all of a sudden we go and we buy insurance at the same time. <laughs> yeah. So after that, I was like, well, do, do you think he has it? And <laughs> trying what to were, say, yeah. Yeah, well, what trying were your hands? Something. Yeah, exactly. Did exactly. you guys both have like 16s you were insuring or it's easier to, to play it off if you have a 20 or something because most, you and I both know it doesn't matter. They're two separate events, but right. most ploppies and dealers think that you only like insure a good hand or whatever. But um, Yeah, I actually tell them I insure the money. Right, because you right. only ever insure on on a big, oh, well, a bigger bet, right? So if your if your true three bet was let's say a hundred bucks, then I can claim that I'm protecting the the money. I'm insuring the money because you know it's a big bet, mm-hmm. as opposed to your ten dollar, fifteen dollar, you know, minimum bet. Well, no, that's I can take that risk. So no, no insurance. Right. But, Again, on that $10 bet, no, you know what? I want the extra. I'll risk it. I want the extra $5 or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Um, they yeah, still so, think you're crazy. <laughs> for, for what? Well, it's a guaranteed win. Why not take the money? Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. But um, anyway, sorry. Yes. No, that's okay. So so, anyways, so this guy sits down, and we kind of notice each other. And he, he, he was pretty nice about it. He kind of made a gesture you know, with his eyes of like, should I get up? And, you know, I just shrugged it off. I'm like, whatever. I don't think they care. So go ahead and play. And a little while later, I was done for the night anyhow. So I got up. Well, he actually, he followed me. We ended up cashing out at the same time. We more or less walked out into the parking garage at the same time and started talking out there about, you know, how long you've been doing this? How did you start? That sort of thing. So it wasn't really that crazy of a story, but that uh, that's how it happened to me the first time. You probably shouldn't do it anywhere they have cameras on you that be is conne- true. be connected like that's suspicious you know it should go in the ap's office yeah aka the bathroom <laughs> absolutely it's it's hard to get a strange person to follow you into a bathroom alone yes. though <laughs> yes yeah i, I understand uh-huh, yeah so we just i took my chances and like i said i've been playing there for quite a few quite a few hours now and they just don't seem to care so I, I figure it's worth the risk. Yeah, ride it as long as you can. Oh, absolutely. Because once this place, you know, figures it out, then I'm going to have to go and start traveling. Yeah. Losing a local with good EV and AV is always a tough thing, man. Uh, I'm hoping I have a long time left. <laughs> right, right, right. I hear you, man. I hear you. Fun times, fun times. So do you have any more stories of any other fun times that you'd care to share? Uh, I can tell you about the first time I ever got backed off. Sure. Pretty much everybody loves a back off story, right? Yeah. That was a moment of pride, even though it shouldn't be, but it is. Get it. Um, the uh, playing in the uh, high limit room and spreading my, my max bet at the time was like two by 400. So, you know, healthy, healthy spread. And I'm playing, I got about four shoes in on my second session there. And a gentleman walks up behind me. He was very, very nice about it. He was very calm. Uh, back off and he asked me for my id which of course we we do not want to give out that that's another thing don't don't give up your id at all ever for a casino it's just not worth it mm-hmm. um so he asked me for id which of course i had and i told him i didn't have it he said okay that's fine he asked me to finish my hand and you know to 
come have a talk with him. So I did, and the, the dealer colored me up, and he escorted me to the cage, which, looking back on it, I probably should not have done. Right. But I was traveling, I wasn't going to be back for a while, and it wasn't my money. So, you know, you got to factor these things in. So he offered to cash me out with no issues. So they did, they cashed me out. And then he walked me to the front door and he said, yeah, the reason I uh, wanted to talk to you is that I'm, I'm letting you know that we're banning you from this casino for counting cards. And I just said, okay. And I walked out of the front door. So it was very, very calm, which was nice. And that, you know what? That's another point is if casinos personnel are listening, that's, I think, the best way to handle a back off. Mm-hmm. You, you don't have to be hostile about it, right? They don't have to refuse to cash your chip. Just, just pay, pay, the, pay the man and let them leave. Yeah, because the APs need to understand that they're just doing their job, but they need to understand, the casino staff, that we're just doing our job. So, right. you know, a little uh, mutual professional respect goes a long way. Absolutely. And then as an AP, you want to be calm and and uh, agreeable as much as possible. Get your money and leave calmly. There's no need to, you know, curse them out or give them a hard time. You know, you got caught. That's that's the way it happens. Yeah, ideally, just leave with the money. Just right. walk out. Don't yep. respond. Just leave. Absolutely. But um, like you said, you had considerations. Yeah, had I, I needed the money. Little boy Bloom, he needed the money. Oh! I didn't want to leave the chips, so I took the chance that they weren't going to fire me, which I actually don't think that they did. Um, I ended up playing later on in that same trip and didn't have any more issues. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was very nice, very very proud moment to get your first back off it kind of reaffirms that you're doing things correctly that the the casino views you as a threat to a point yeah uh, a lot of casinos back off non-winning players yeah i know that and that's the double-edged sword here is that you, you want to be proud and think oh that means i'm doing it right which that's not necessarily true but it still feels good so right i, I understand i think yeah. the, the the most affirming people I've talked to uh, first back off is when they're losing their ass, but they still get backed off. Cause then they know that they're, it's not because they, the casino, cause you're kicking their ass. So they're just like, get rid of this guy. It's because they see your game's good. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, that would actually be a good way to look at it. Although it it sucks (laughs) getting backed off when you're, when you're in the hole, even though it doesn't matter, you know, one long shoe and you know, it's the, large numbers and all that stuff and it doesn't matter which shop you take from or it takes from you or whatever right it's all in the end where the math works out we're human and we want to kick that place in the ass that absolutely you want to get your money back yeah you're right i i think the worst part about this uh this profession is that the the losses hurt more than the wins feel good hmm. you know what i mean but i think that's human nature right loss always hurts more to help you remember not to do that thing that hurt you the next time. Yeah, but the losses also make the win sweeter too. Ooh, if you just if, if you just even in life, if everything was just happy, 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 that would just be happiness Maybe. in a vacuum. You know, it would just there's nothing to for it to bounce off. Right. Yeah, that's true. I'm not saying go out there and lose, 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 and then win. <laughs> so it feels better. I don't know. It, it's an interesting um, psychological thing. But yeah, you're right. Well, you you do notice the the bad days worse more than you notice the good days. Absolutely. And I think as a new player, that's hard to handle. Because if you go out and win, let's say your first two or three sessions, 
it feels like you're just printing money. Like nothing can go wrong. You're untouchable and everything's perfect. This is how it's supposed to be. And then all of a sudden you're going to go and you're going to lose everything you just made plus a thousand dollars. And you're going to want to go home and cry. And I know because I did it. <laughs> right, right. And it's like, it's hard. You got to have mental resilience in, to do this. So, you know, if you're the kind of person who, who struggles with bad news or mm-hmm. things that are tough like that, then this might not be for you, you know? Yeah, I've met more than a handful of people whose technical game is off the charts fantastic. Yep. They had been, and they had bankroll, they had everything you need to have, but they just could not handle the game emotionally. They just couldn't right. do it. They just weren't built to do it. They were yep. too risk averse or they were just not emotionally capable. Not no judgment on them. That's just who they are. And Yeah, that that just means this probably is not the vocation for you. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that can be a, a tough one for sure. And I, I think that's part of where you were saying before, your network is super important. If you have people that understand mm-hmm. or can sympathize or tell you, you know what, don't worry, you'll get it back. Like that, that's really important. And I think another thing to, to I agree with what you just said, but to go back a little bit in our previous conversation here, those uh, investors or the guy's team you played on, mm-hmm. you were just pretty much a stranger at that point. Oh, and yeah. They, they just without second guessing, just give you 10 after $10,000 because why? Because they believe in the math. Yep. And so that's reassurance that it works. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it, it definitely works or we wouldn't be, we wouldn't be here doing the podcast. We wouldn't be talking right now. And it definitely works. Well, there's plenty of podcasts and stuff about like uh, alien reptiles and uh, <laughs> abductions and all kinds of crazy stuff. So I don't know if that proves anything that we're doing. <laughs> True, but you know, this but is a podcast about AP Blackjack. Yeah, right. I'm just saying, just because there's a podcast doesn't mean it's it's real. Well, that's true. But it is real because the math is real. Absolutely. Um, on, on a side note, I will say that that networking, like you were saying before, is so important. It It has led not just through these specific people I was talking about, but through other people that I've met. Um, I've also learned other plays. Like you start learning that there's more than just blackjack out there. You can you can technically beat every single casino game. Not right. always legally, but I mean, they can be beat. And I think that's pretty cool. Both table, non-table. Absolutely. Uh, Machines. Dr- drawings. I mean, yeah. yeah. Um, every single aspect can be beaten in some form or another, which is just unbelievably eye-opening when you first realize it. Even CSMs at certain certain situations. Yep. But we're not going to get in that one. Yeah, well, like I said, you don't you don't hear too much about people who start, and mm-hmm. like I said, that survivor bias again, right? You you hear mm-hmm. their success, which is really cool because you know you hear somebody win ten or fifteen thousand dollars in a session, and I'm mm-hmm. like, that could be me, right? That's so cool. But how do you get there? Like, how much do you have to have as a bankroll to get to be betting at the level where you can win ten, twenty thousand a session? Right, and. And that's the part that they all kind of gloss over. Yeah, that, that's really tough because, and I, I try, I've tried a few times to steer it away from that, but yeah. it ends up going there. It's like you know, say you're an actor and you did one movie as a B movie and it totally bombed. <laughs> you're not going to get on Tonight Show, <laughs> right? Right. Whereas someone who whose first movie makes two hundred, three hundred million dollars and it's yeah. a you know a, a cultural 
something in the culture. It's a, it's a cultural touchstone, like say, you know, Indiana Jones or something like that. Yeah. Everybody wants an interview. Right. They're yeah. going to be the six. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. No, I got you. So yeah, I think, I think it's important to talk about the, the intro. It, it was so difficult to have the faith of like, I hear that this thing works. There's no one out there that's going to prove it to you. I mean, you can buy CVCX and, and check that out, but even that you got to trust that the creator of the software knows what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's really hard to have that faith of like, okay, I'm pretty sure it works. I'm going to go, you know, save thousands and thousands of dollars of my own money and tell my wife or my girlfriend or partner or whatever that, Hey, I'm investing. I'm not gambling. Don't worry that I lost $1,200. You know what I mean? Yeah. Get, get it, Norm on the phone to, to vouch for you to your girlfriend. <laughs> Exactly. Hey man, I know. Uh, sorry, I, I bought your product, and my girl just doesn't buy. It. Can you explain it to her? <laughs> right. Yeah. It, it, so it's tough, man. And I think that's very important for people to hear. I agree. And, and once you get going, yeah, it's it's easier, right? Because now, if you you know, like I said, I'm up maybe twenty thousand in let's say six months of play, approximately, because mm-hmm. I took some time off and whatever. So in six months, you're up twenty grand. Well, now. You know, I suffered a bad loss in March. I one session I lost almost seven thousand in March. Right. Um, but it wasn't quote unquote my money, right? I'm playing on the on the winnings now. I'm playing on the houses. So yes, it still hurts. You still lost seven thousand dollars. However, I didn't go broke because of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I can keep playing. I can get through this this sharp downturn on my graph. You know, it's like a bankroll's a tool. It's like um, you can't think of it like money you think in your bank account. It's like right. it, it's in an investment account. Some days it goes up, some days it goes down. Yeah, like the stock market. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And that having that disconnect when you're at the table is super important as well. Where you put out that first, you know, two by one hundred bet, right? And for a new player, like I've seen people where their hands were shaking. I mean, that was me before I I got into this AP blackjack thing. I remember going to the casino as a gambler as a ploppy with a you know a friend of mine and he likes to bet kind of big money 50 bucks a hand whatever and like no fear we didn't have a clue what we were doing but he has no fear he's like well if i win i win if i lose i lose and here's me with like my 25 dollar chip and my hands are shaking <laughs> right because i couldn't separate the concept of money from the tool that it is and now i i learned of this skill i trust the math and I went out there and I'm thinking, I'm going to have to deal with this, you know, shaking hands the first time I put out a big bet. And the first time I went to do it, my hands were like stone, just calm, cool, and collected. It didn't bother me anymore. Yeah, there'll be a point where betting block chips is nothing. Yeah, well, and that's kind of where I'm at now. Like my top bet is usually between 2 by 300 to 2 by 500 depending on the, the play that or the place I'm playing on. Mm-hmm. And so now, not a problem. But I know before, a few years ago, like to bet six hundred, eight hundred, a thousand dollars around, like would have been unfathomable. And God so forbid you, you get a couple splits and doubles on that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So yeah, you got to have that disconnect of money versus like cash versus a tool. I agree. I'll have to edit that last little segment into the first part because I think <laughs> it's pretty good stuff. Well, thank you. Feel yeah, feel free to use whatever you got to use. That's what she said. No, <laughs> <laughs> you can use that too if you want. <laughs> All right. Oh, I. You know what? I did think of something else. I'm just. I'm looking at my laptop right now. 
I think something that's very important when you start playing is to take notes. Yeah. And it, it's hard to do at the time because like you don't want to be on your phone at the table. Maybe some places don't allow it, but you want to take note of dealers names. Um, how much they cut off a deck, how fast do they play? Um, are they willing to make concessions for you as a player? And, you know, an example of that is I had a, a dealer last night. I was playing a session. I was, I was alone. And you know how when they turn over a 10 or an ace, they have to check in that little mirror on the table? Yeah, or a light, whatever it is, yeah. Yeah. Uh, my dealer, because she, let's say she dealt me a, an 18. Well, I'm always going to stay on my 18. So I'm waving her off before she has revealed her up card. And so if that up card was a 10, she wouldn't bother taking the time to check in that little mirror for blackjack. She would just flip over her whole card. And that doesn't sound like much, but when you do that 200 rounds an hour, you know, it adds up. If you're playing heads up, yeah. And you mean yeah. hard You mean hard 18, right? Yes, hard 18. Okay, yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm a little bit pedantic. Sorry. No, that's that's a <laughs> good thing to, to explain. And, See here, I'm thinking of more stuff already. The um, when I learned, I I hear people talk about like soft eighteen, and they'll say it that way, right? They'll they'll call it soft eighteen, which is what it is. However, I call think of them, I I think of it as a seven. Okay. And so same thing with the soft fifteen. Well, that's that's not soft fifteen. That's ace four. And the reason is because when you go to memorize a deviation chart, it hopefully they're written out as ace comma four. Mm-hmm. And I think it's easier to connect your play with the hand that you actually see in front of you. You're, you're not you're trying to reduce the mental load by memorizing symbols as opposed to the actual like having to add up your hand. Right. Did that make Did that make any sense? I'm kind of it makes rambling. total sense, and I think that's very helpful for so other people. When, yeah. So when I was practicing, um, for example, if you would get ace four uh, against a ten, we'll say. And you're going to hit. Well, you never fails. You're going to get a three now. So you have ace, four, three. So as opposed to having to look at that and add up, okay, 11 plus four plus threes makes 18. Well, oh, it's a soft 18. No, no, no. Look at it as the symbol of an ace, the symbol of a four, and the symbol of a three. And if you can start recognizing those patterns, you will know that your next move is to hit. Right. You, don't have to, you don't have to waste your mental capacity to do the math on your hand. And the time. That's right. So you can play faster and more accurately, hopefully, and with less mental fatigue. That's a pretty good tip. I, I really like it. It really helped me to be able to keep the count more accurately without having to actually stop and add up my hands. So now when I play, I don't even add up what I have. If I got five or six cards, I'm recognizing the pattern that those cards are in. And I go, okay, you know, I, whatever I have in front of me and that's 19, yeah, good enough. And then you would stay, obviously. So you have a couple drinks, maybe. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, definitely. I don't drink when I play, at least if I can help it. But yeah, that that's how I do it. That's how I learned, and I thought it was very valuable. Yeah, I don't drink when I play either. Maybe yeah. a Coors Light with water in it, a, you know, a brown bottle. Right. But, but uh, anywho, thanks for coming on. Yeah, man, I appreciate you having me. This is this was a lot of fun. All right, we'll see you down the felt. Have a good one.
That was fun.